0: Assurance of Pardon is sponsored by Logos Bible Software, the most advanced Bible study tool for both ministers and laypeople. Available on iOS and Android for phones and tablets, as well as on your Windows or Mac computer or laptop. Get the most of your time in the Scriptures with Logos Bible Software. For more information and 15% off your next Logos package plus five free eBooks, visit AssuranceofPardon.com/Logos. Now on with the show. Welcome to Assurance of Pardon, a podcast about the gospel, the Bible, the church, what it all means, and why it all matters. I'm Scott Davis, pastor of Hope Presbyterian Church in Hot Springs, Arkansas.
1: And I'm Gage Jordan, assistant pastor of Youth and Families at First Presbyterian Dyersburg in Dyersburg, Tennessee.
0: Gage, good to see you. You know, uh, what listeners may not know is that we don't record this at the world headquarters of Assurance of Pardon in some... (laughs) In some all glass building in a a metropolis, but we're in separate places. You're in Dyersburg and I'm in Hot Springs and we're recording this online, but we actually got to see each other uh, just a few days ago at the Here We Still Stand regional conference in Bentonville, Arkansas. It was uh, uh, such an encouraging time to be there and hopefully they'll be pushing out some of the uh, audio from the various talks that were there, but uh, uh, good to actually see you uh, the other day.
1: Yeah, man, it was good to hang out, see your wife, see your daughter, um, catch up for sure. And the, the conference was amazing. I mean, Jared Wilson, all the guys from 1517, uh, Gretchen Ronovic, which uh, we're hoping to have Gretchen here in the next couple of weeks. She's got a new book coming out, and we're excited to promote that for her. If you uh, haven't listened to the podcast she's on uh, with Katie um Freely Given is the name of that. I would highly recommend that to you. Really anything. If you just go and search 1517 Podcast, just hit subscribe all the way down. It'll be good for your soul. Uh, man, we left refreshed. We we left fed. Um, I, I underestimated how much as a pastor and a preacher, I need to hear the gospel just preached to me, right? With no, I don't have to go do anything else after this. I just can listen and, and have it poured into me. And, and I felt, um, I felt fed and Katie and I talked about it all the way, all the way back, driving uh, back to Dyersburg. Uh, We're looking forward to, to more of those in the
0: future. Amen. Amen. Uh, Before we go any further, I want to remind everybody, our, our podcast is sponsored by Logos Bible software. Uh, Take your Bible study and your time in the scriptures to um, to the next level a phrase i actually don't like take to the next level because i don't even know what that means but uh supercharge your uh your bible study with the amazing resources in logos bible software uh, we we talk each on each episode about a favorite feature one of those is just the greek and hebrew tools if you are wanting to if you don't read greek you don't read hebrew but you'd like to be able to look and see what is that greek word where else is it used what is that hebrew word where else is it used uh, how do other translations render that? You know, you think about when John's when Jesus says, "If you love me, you will keep my commandments." Uh, what does that mean? What does keep mean there? Uh, how, how have other trends? Sometimes they say obey. Is that a good, is that a good way to, to translate that particular Greek word? Uh, logos Bible software is super helpful for that very thing. And listeners to our show can go to com slash logos for uh, discounts on Logos Bible software and five free eBooks. So check that out today.
1: Absolutely. You know, there is a exegetical tool actually talking about the languages that I use every single week in Bible studies and prep with, with teaching and preaching. And the thing I enjoy about it, you know, with Logos, there's so many resources you could easily get overwhelmed. But The thing I appreciate about the exegetical tool and the passage guide um, is they kind of summarize, okay, you're going to be in Ephesians. You want these five books. And then here's the Greek text and here's you know how, how it's broken down, how it's used. You can click on it and see what other verses use the same words. You can understand it in context. Uh, and honestly, it makes um, a lot of the legwork that you, you want to do in, in the original languages um, a lot shorter, <laughs> a lot quicker to gain the same from information.
0: Yeah, I think about I think about lawyers who have a paralegal secretary who goes and looks everything up for them and and summarizes things and, and does a lot of the a lot of the library legwork for an attorney uh, of laying everything out in front of them. And that's kind of the the function that Logos Bible Software can have is it because, oh, you want to study this? Let me get you everything you might possibly need and lay it out on the table for you uh, at, at yeah. So anyway, so check out Logos Bible Software uh, following the link that's in the show notes, com slash Logos. Gage, what are we talking about today?
1: So before we get into this, and this will kind of uh, be the preface leading into our topic, um, got a little bit of house maintenance. Uh, we had one of our listeners recently um, message us and say, hey, man, I really enjoy um, the three part series that you guys are doing, um, on dealing with the work of the spirit and the life of the church for your ecclesiology series. Um, just a word of caution, um, be mindful that you don't refer to the Holy spirit as an it. Uh, and I got to thinking, I thought, Oh no, did I do that? Oh gosh. So, um, just as a disclaimer, um, if, if we ever do that, it is unintentional. It's not intentional. We believe uh, as we've mentioned before that the Holy spirit is the third person of the Trinity is a person is a, he, um, so not, not
0: an impersonal
1: force. Correct. It's not, this isn't star Wars, right? We're not trying to use the force. Um, this, this is this, the scriptures and we're dealing with, uh, the third person of the Godhead. Um, so thank you listener for, for that feedback, man. Uh, listen, we are not infallible. We are two pastors that are doing the best we can to try to faithfully uh, make really important doctrines tangible to the everyday listener, to to the common person that's trying to figure out Reformed theology um, that's in the churches reading your Bible um, that didn't, if, if we got guys that have gone to seminary, great, but also we want to make sure this is easily accessible and um, We're not above correction, right? We're not. We're not above guys calling and saying, "Hey, um, I need you to tease this out for me," or um, "Hey, you said this, but I want to give some pushback." So we welcome that from our listeners any given time. Um, Yeah,
0: yeah. It's funny. I thought as you were saying that, you were saying that we got feedback from a listener who said, "Hey, make sure you don't talk refer to the Holy Spirit as an it." When you and I heard that, when we heard that feedback, both of us did an audible gasp. Oh, my goodness. I hope I didn't do that. Right. But they're they're probably I don't want to I don't want to call the Holy Spirit an it that's that's uh that's that's bad. But yeah. some of our listeners are hearing this gauge and they're thinking, oh, come on, tomato, tomato, uh, potato, potato. Does that really? I mean, goodness gracious. Sounds like you're really being a stickler for details i mean uh so one question is is first we do want to come back and say hey if we did say the holy spirit is an it uh we want to come back and go that was that was that was incorrect the holy spirit is is the third person of the trinity not an impersonal force it matters but and some of you got that importance but some of you are going why does that matter is that let's are we nitpicking here um And so, you know, we were talking on the phone here about when, if your doctor writes you a prescription and he says, Hey, I want you to take uh, this pill. I want you to take this many of them this many times a day for this long. None of us would say to our doctor, goodness gracious, doctor, do we really need to get so detailed? I'll just take some of the pill whenever I want to as many as I want to, as often as I want to, for as long as I want to. Why does it really matter? Why do we have to be so specific? And your doctor would say, well, because it's not going to work if you don't take it right. It's not going to work. You might die. You might overdose. You you might have no effect. Uh, If if you want this medicine to work, take it in the way that I'm giving it to you. And theology is no different. So today we're going to talk about why theology matters. Go ahead, Gage.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, you were talking about the doctor analogy. That's a, that's a regular argument at my house. Um, And I, and I probably don't handle this as this is confession time. I probably don't handle this as graciously as I could, but on a regular basis, um, Katie will, will go to the, go to the doctor or or something. And she'll say after a while, "Uh, I don't, I mean, I don't know that this is Doing what I want it to do, or uh, I mean, maybe I should only take half of these, or or maybe, you know, she'll start diagnosing herself either before she goes or after she goes, or questioning the doctor. Di- and, and I joke with her kind of tongue in cheek. I go, Oh, I forget about all the years of, of medical school that you went to um, and, and the pharmaceutical license that you have. And she just cuts her eyes at me, and then, then I'm in trouble. But that, so all that to say, theological precision. Matters, right? We are a podcast about the gospel, the Bible, the church, what it all means, and why it all matters, right? Um, I, On a regular basis, I either will scroll through social media, or um, I will have people tell me things like, oh, brother, you, you know, you got to lay, lay aside your, your theology. We just need to be united. We just need to be a family. Um, and I, I'll see that on post. You know, we, we need to stop being so arrogant and prideful about our, our theological distinctions. Yeah, no, um, no, just, labels,
0: and, no, no labels, no yeah, labels, Right. labels and,
1: divide. And just be united. And my argument here that we're going to lay out today, one is the scriptures are really clear. That's not what you're supposed to be doing. And we'll look at, look at a couple of passages in, in that conversation. The other thing is, I'm, I actually would argue that's fake unity, right? That's not actual unity. That's me laying aside the things um, that I, I think the scriptures make vitally important to make you comfortable, right? Um, and, and that matters for a number of reasons, Most importantly, it it matters because when you say something about God, you are saying something theological. So if you are inaccurate in what you say about God, you now are saying something false about God, and that's called blasphemy, right? Like, that's a big deal. That's the reason the, the religious leaders freaked out when Jesus made claims about being God, right? It's not because they... They thought, you know, well, it's just a unity issue. No, in their minds, they were wrong. Jesus is God. But in their minds, he was saying something false about God.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and, uh, you know, R.C. Sproul has a book I would commend to our listeners called Everyone's a Theologian. And you might think how's how's that possible how's everyone a the theologian well because everybody believes something something or some things about god the question is not am i a theologian the question is just am i a good theologian or a bad theologian am i an accurate theologian or a, an inaccurate theologian you cannot avoid making theological distinctions even when you are saying distinctions don't matter that's a theological distinction you're saying correct you're making a distinction you're saying there's two kinds of people in the world there's Mm -hmm. these people over here who put people in boxes (laughs) and there's me who doesn't put people in boxes right even then you've made a distinction Mm -hmm. you've said the world would be a better place if everybody thought the way i think right right it's a this is the absurdity uh, uh, of having this sort of this sort of fake unity of saying, um, "Oh, come on, we just need to come together and love one another," again under umbrella under the umbrella that you hold to, and that is that distinctions don't matter. It's 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 a logical fallacy that they're committing when they say theological distinctives are of no value because they're making a theological distinctive.
1: Yeah, it goes back to, and we'll uh, you know reference this in the show notes as well as um, put the book from R.C. Sprawl in there as well, so you can snag, snag it on Ligonier. Um, But <clears throat> it's the equivalent of no creed but Christ, right? We right. we talked about that um, several seasons ago, and it that sort of theological statement matters because guess what? That is that's a creed. So when you say Man, you're being cranky. You're being arrogant. You're being prideful um, by holding to theological distinctions. Mm -hmm. Um, That's a theological distinction, right? You're you're doing the very very same thing, but you're you're throwing stones uh, across the river. Now, but I also want to say this though: Um, we aren't of of the opinion that Presbyterians have it all together, and everybody else doesn't have it figured out. I think. That's obvious for a lot of reasons. One of those being Scott, we just spent an entire weekend with a bunch of Lutherans and Jared C. Wilson, right? right. So, That's so right. It, we were Presbyterians um, hanging out with Lutherans and Jared Wilson is a reformed Baptist hanging out with Lutherans and Presbyterians. And the thing we were united to was the gospel, right? But even in that, that needed to be precise. That's exactly right. If they had gotten on stage and they had said, the gospel is do these things versus this is what Jesus has done. We wouldn't have been together, right? right. We, we would have gotten up and gone to, gone to Onyx coffee in Bentonville and had a beverage to try to think through um, what we, we paid money to and drove all this way for. Right. But, you know, it's not that we as the Presbyterians have everything together. Now we're Presbyterian for a reason, right? Right. Nobody, um, hold,
0: nobody holds views they think are false.
1: But even in our distinctions, even in the things that are essential, right? The, uh, you know, years ago, Mark Driscoll used to talk about open-handed and closed-handed uh, things, right? The things that we are closed-handed on, um, those things matter. What you're saying matters uh and people tend to kind of cock their head sideways and they think i'm i'm being cranky and scott i'm sure you've experienced the same thing when i don't sign up for every every youth rally and and i don't go to every see you at the poll event or whatever as a student minister or i don't um just share services with all the different churches in town it's not that i don't have brothers that I think are faithful to the gospel and love Jesus and, and, and people that are doing things well. It's that a lot of times, though, when push comes to shove, when you get up in the pulpit, I believe we're saying different things
0: yeah amen amen and and with regard to with regard to our our participation at this conference this past weekend with 1517 and we we 1517 if you're not familiar with 1517.org is a is a lutheran ministry where we're gage and i are friends with with a number of the folks that are involved with it uh super helpful stuff we have theological disagreements with them on this point or that We, we disagree uh we have some some uh a different take on on baptism, on election, on the Lord's Supper, on images of Jesus uh, that we don't think are unimportant. But for the purposes of a of a conference, of a parachurch ministry, of some brothers and sisters getting together to talk about Jesus, um, we are able to come together with this unity of the gospel. However, we would say when it comes to ecclesiology, when it comes to the doctrine of the church, especially as we think through the local church, that's where we're going to press in on some of that specificity in a way that we wouldn't at a conference, right? Because the truth is um, some Lutherans would not serve us communion, right? Some mm. some Baptists would not accept our, our baptisms, correct uh, and yet we we're able to come on stage and speak together so i don't hear what we're calling people to is just this sort of blind sectarianism mm-hmm. but under the roof of the local church these distinctives don't need to be swept away and glossed over and and you know put in a in a smaller font size uh than than the other things they all they all matter and we we lose a great deal when we when we minimize them.
1: Right. And uh, so uh, another example from the weekend, um, Eric Sorensen of uh, the event, one of the guys at 1517, he's at, in New Jersey and um, he's on uh, 30 minutes in the, in the new Testament. Mm-hmm. And uh, w- one of the things that Eric talked mm-hmm. about, and you and I were, were with him as he's talking about who they pick to write and do classes and different things and speak, at these conferences and on their website and on the blogs and different things like that. One of the things he said was a lot of people ask me, what's the credentials? And he says, I know it when I'll see it. (laughs) And essentially what he, what he meant there was there's a language and there's a, there's a theology of commonality here. Uh, And it's not just peace, love and rainbows. Like it's, it's what do we believe about the gospel? And if, if the gospel is, uh, about the life, the death, and the resurrection and ascension of Jesus, and it's his finished work alone, his perfect obedience, his death on the cross, his resurrection from the dead, that's the thing that saves you, not how good you are, what you do or what you don't do, then that's the thing he's looking for, right? That's the thing that matters. But I, I think it's important not to just let this be a conversation um, that Scott and Gage have opinions about, right? Let's let's go to the text, Ephesians chapter 4 uh, is a great place, and I won't, I won't read all of the, uh, of the verses, um, but just focusing really on that the first half of 1 to 16, you see in Ephesians 4, Paul um, calling them to walk in a manner worthy of their calling. And then people love to quote, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace, that there's one body, one spirit, one hope one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and father and all who's over all and through all and in all. And they like to take that and go, see, we're all the same. It's all one body. It's all one people. It's all one family. I understand what they mean when they say that. Right. And I want to, want to give a little bit of a benefit of the doubt and I understand the intention, but that's not what Paul stopped at. Right. He then goes on to define how you were united and how you maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. And the way that he does that is by saying that Christ, when he ascended, victorious, gave gifts to men. And out of the things that he gave, he gave them leadership to do what? To equip the saints for the work of ministry so that we may be mature by doing what? By being united in our faith, what we believe Right. So you got to know what you believe, right? What you have faith in and in the knowledge of the Son of God. And then he tells you so that you're not children. Because what are children? They're tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine and human cunning and deceitful schemes, right? R.C. Sproul, in his commentary, talks about this and he says, Hey, when I was a kid, I used to get caught up on the fads of, of toys. Um, I I thought every commercial I saw and every advertisement in the newspaper and different things meant I needed to have that toy. When I became an adult, I knew not to, he said, but even in the world of theology, now, we've got guys that get caught up in all these new radical things, as opposed to um, hearing the, the faith once delivered. Right. And, and being able to defend that. And that's kind of in this camp, there's this new fad in, in a post-Christian, post-modern world where all truth is relative to where it's now seeping into, hey, guys, theological precision, does it really matter? Aren't you guys just being cranky? Aren't you just being cranky, Presbyterians? Aren't you the frozen chosen um, that, that are that are being you know upset that things aren't the way they are? Um, but then it goes on and says, but maturity, right, the fullness of the stature, the maturity of Christ – looks like standing firm and being rooted and what are you rooted in you're rooted in the truth and the truth in love right um and and there so there that implies in a three things you can speak the truth in love you can speak falsehood which is what's tossing them to and fro or you can speak the truth without love and we don't want to speak the truth without love right we don't want to be jerks right? John Stott talks about this and he says, you know, there are certain, some guys that every, every distinction, they, they smell heresy and their muscles ripple and their eyes bulge and they're ready for a fight, right? That's what we call social media. And then, mm-hmm. um, then there's other people that they speak love, but no truth, right? Which in reality is really no love at all. Right. Uh, so we're not getting this out of the air just for the sake of being cranky Calvinist, right? Like, We're doing this because the scriptures don't tell you, lay aside your theology. The scriptures say, hey, there's a specific thing, right? Paul starts out his letter to the Galatians, you foolish dudes, what happened? I gave you the gospel like six months ago, and now you're on to something else. He doesn't say, man, you know, I get you. That's your truth. This is my truth you know, whatever it's, it's peace and love, peace and love. And you do you boo boo. Right. Like that's, that's not what he says. He says,
0: you need to come back to the faith. Amen. Amen. Yeah. This social media, let me just, let me just go on my soapbox here. Social media is such a, a blunt instrument. Social media is a terrible place to try to discuss theology it is it is so rife with arguments it is so rife with um an inability to do nuance if if your theology can fit in a meme uh then then you've got an inadequate theology I, I see I see more brothers and sisters get themselves either led off into every wind of doctrine led off into all sorts of 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 theological mess because of a cleverly worded meme or they are debating theology with people they do not know they will never meet they are not in relationship with that are, are not there that are not uh, a another uh, a, a pastor or an elder who who is doing that and it just it just so often goes into uh, by the way i'm looking at you most of the reformed facebook groups uh, uh, some of them the admins i think I, I think our our friends at distilling theology do a very good job of of yes, of absolutely. moderating that so let me be careful but man it is a minefield it is a minefield and it's i, I find i find people will say things to one another on social media that they would never say to somebody's face. Absolutely. Um, And, and so uh, let me just give you just as a, as a, a, what, what I don't want to become a cautionary tale. And that is don't engage in debate on, on, on social media uh, about anything. It's just, Mm -hmm. it's just not real. It's just not, it's, (laughs) I'm, I'm not joking. It's not, it's, no, it's not, not real. real. The outrage is not real. The, uh, the, the, it's not real. Um, when, and and again, 30 years ago, this, we, we would be saying all the things we're saying, except we wouldn't have to throw in this sort of like here, how here's how to engage on social media. Um, I, I, I won't do it, but I could tell you stories of, of people who have gotten themselves in all sorts of heaps of trouble by social media. Um, unfairly. Unfairly. Uh, so they, they posted something true and good and right and beautiful and mm-hmm. found themselves in all sorts of hot water. And, and so when I gauge if, if I don't know you and you post something on social media uh, and all of your friends are liking and commenting on it, and I push back with, uh, with a, a little bit of, of a critique, I'm not just critiquing you. I'm critiquing all of your friends. And now it's like in the old days when a man would take his gloves off and slap another man in the town square and besmirch his honor. And now you've got to, because I've, because I've publicly rebuked you, uh, you've got to now you and all your friends have to just demolish me. Mm -hmm. because your honor is besmirched. So I'm not having a debate with you. I'm having a debate with everybody that you know. Right. And it just goes to ugliness. Whereas if if I pulled you aside, if you were my friend and I pulled you aside and went and got a cup of coffee or a beer with you, that conversation would look so much different. Yes. uh, So differently. So, uh, so I I want to just give a a encouragement to to social media is just such a mess.
1: Yeah. The, I mean, just, as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, the the comment was from a friend and he texted me and said, Hey, just be careful. I know you, I know you probably didn't mean to do this. Mm-hmm. That's a big deal. I know you, right. So that there's collateral there in the friendship, but be careful. So that was, that was truth in love, right. Amen. Um, cause we don't want to unintentionally lead, um, the the folks that listen every every week astray. We don't want to say something, even unintentionally false. And sometimes we say things and you got and you may think, well, oh, yeah, I don't know about that at all. We invite you every single week. And I'll say it again, hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, if you're friends with us, text us, call us, that sort of deal. We'd love to dialogue with you about this and either, you know, help you understand where we're coming from, or if we're wrong, repent right? Like we're, we're not above correction, but all that to say, theology still matters. So as as we bring this to a close and wrap this up, um, what, what are some tangible things you can take away to know, okay, how can I be, know if I, I should be united with this, this person or this organization, or this website, or this conference, or things like that. Um, I think this is where the creeds become very helpful, right? Uh, the Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed, um, others as well. Let that be a guide, uh, because that, that is, shows you the history of Christianity, the Orthodox faith. They're measuring the things that should be closed-handed, right? The things that we can't um, negotiate on. You know, they're not making statements about baptism or um, the use of instruments in worship or whether you should do uh, hymns or you should only sing the Psalms. But they are talking uh, close-handed about the deity of Christ, about his incarnation, about his resurrection, about the scriptures being true and without error and inspired by the the spirit. Um, Let the creeds guide you. And if you start to then hear that what's being said in teaching and in practice is contrary to those sound doctrines, or it violates scripture, then no, don't lay aside theological truth for the sake of unity. Because at the end of the day, that's not unity
0: at all. Amen. Amen. Well, I... I Well, hey, uh, friends, uh, that is, uh, that does it for this episode of talking about theological precision, theological unity, um, distinctives matter, uh, theology matters. We can't get away from that. We, 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 we can't, we can't minimize it without still making theological distinctions. So, um, thanks for listening. We, we, we've not exhausted this topic entirely. There's more to say. But, uh, but hopefully we've given you some things to think about as it relates to, as it relates to theological precision and the importance of knowing what you believe and why you believe it.
1: Absolutely. If you found this to be helpful, please share this. Please like, like our Facebook pages, our Instagram, our Twitter, um, Leave us a review so others can can benefit and we can start to kind of climb and get somewhere in the stratosphere with Joe Rogan and be famous one day. Just kidding. Um, but seriously, if this has been beneficial to you, uh, would you share it with, with someone? Would you, would you let us know? We'd love to hear you. Hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Or always, you can email us at contact at Assurance of Pardon. And Until next time, this is Assurance of Pardon. God bless.